welcome to another edition of the Timbers Field Report. I'm Kyle Gravel, as always, joined by Mr. Drew Olson. Mr. Drew Olson, how are you? I am very well, Kyle. How are you today? Oh, just ducky. On, uh, <laughs> on today's part, our take two of our uh, Chicago preview, we have Ryan Smith. Ryan Smith, how are you? Hey, not too bad. How are you guys? I think we're still living the dream. We are. I good, we good. Are. I mean, it's been a long couple of days without you guys, but um, mm. I've survived. <laughs> Thrilled to hear that. Otherwise, we'd be screwed for a guest. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> so let's just kind of dive into it. It's the, uh, I suppose one of the more hotter topics of the uh, the Timbers Army Day has been the recent Portland Boys chant. I mean, I'll give my quick two cents on this, just because everybody who's associated with Timbers has kind of you know, mentioned it. But I personally am not offended by it, but I don't think I'm supposed to be offended by it because it's not me who's offending. And if I mean, if there are people that are offended by it, that's a good enough reason for me that the chant should change. I mean, I've heard people say that because it's a fight song, you know, like modifying it and making it PC, you know, we're taking the fight out of the fight song. I think that's a really dumb argument just because there's more creative ways to slap somebody in the face. Like, I think the phrase, drink your beer, is almost more of a slap in the face. And I just think we can do better. I mean, if people are offended by it, there's no reason why it shouldn't change. Yeah, I mean, I would say maybe you should be offended by it just because it's an offensive thing, even if it's not personally offending you as a male. Um, Look, everyone should go listen to the Morrisonic pod or the Jackson Roses and everybody else has had really good takes on this. I don't think we can add all that much to it. I would just say that um, I got a couple points on it, I guess. First of all, when you're in the stadium and you're chanting this song, nobody for the first ten times they get to a game really knows what you're saying there anyway. It's more like right? Yeah. So changing it will have no impact whatsoever. Um, That's pretty minor. Secondary What's the argument against changing it, right? It's basically, it's because we've always done it this way. And unless you're into a raw foods diet and you still have slaves, <laughs> like, that's a stupid argument, right? I um, agree. And then uh, my last point is that you guys have heard this story, but I, the, you know, I've been singing this chant for a decade and never really thought about it at all. But I took my girlfriend to her first Timbers game a couple years ago. We're literally, you know, it's the first chant of the, the game pretty much every time. And uh, first time she hears it, she's like, Shaggy Roman, drink your beer? That's super sexist. And I had literally never even considered that before. And it jumped out at her immediately, probably because she's a woman, and it probably didn't jump out to me because I'm a stupid dude, right? Like, who exactly. hadn't even considered it. And her point to me was this, right? Like, it's first of all, it's super lame. It's pretty lame that we have a chant that says Portland boys we are here and we don't have a Portland women or Portland girls we are here chant. But the second part of that, which is, you know, we're going to burn, destroy, and wreck and kill. We're pillaging the other team. Um, And and it's the Viking, we're going to fuck your women and drink your beer. Like, this is like, we're going to rape your people and, you know, make them hate their lives, right? Like, that's what really sucks about it. So there's a broader misogyny related to it but like this is the most blatant and obvious and probably most easily changed portion of it so let's just change it and you know honestly i feel like the trolls who are opposed to changing have pretty much shut the hell up um in the last few days and i haven't heard any vocal uh supporters of it um but uh 
and I, and I think it was uh, I forget I think it was Gus on uh, Jackson Roses who suggested we ch- change it to Shag Each Other, Drink Your Beer, which I think makes total sense and like it's an easy alternative. It flows well and sure. and it's sure. consensual because you know being consensual is sexy, right? <laughs> so um, that's all I got, Ryan. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, I mean, you look at the amount of women um, that are even in a leadership role in the TA. And, um, you know, I would love to see the actual number breakdowns of, of what it is. But, there, I mean, we're not in, like, the 1960s. We're not in the 1970s. You know, we've come so far, and um, it's stupid not to uh, not to change. Like you said, even if – I'm not super offended by it because I'm not there every week singing it. But if if it does piss somebody off or if anybody kind of takes a step back and really looks at it, then I mean, you've got you to do something about it. You know, I mean, this has been a hot topic and it's been brought up, I don't know how many times before, but I think then today um, there's enough kind of push behind it where um, they're definitely going to do something about it. Yeah. Uh, should we should we close out this segment with a, uh, a short poem? Yeah, you know, Drew, um, I, I would define you as the modern poet of our generation. So, Drew, <laughs> if, um, if you have a poem prepared for the situation, I by all means, by all means. Okay, so you guys have to help me out with this first part. Ready? All right, Drew. Portland boys, we are here. Whoa. whoa. Portland boys, we are here. Whoa. Whoa. Portland boys, we are here. Please enjoy this atmosphere. Best fans in the hemisphere. Let's all be cool up in here. We're not paid. We're volunteers. All are welcome. We've been clear. Don't be a dick when you cheer. Words do matter. Let's not smear. The very women we hold dear. What's the cost to appear more respectful to our peers? It's really nothing that severe. Stop your whining. Rethink your jeer. We won't stop. We'll persevere. Chauvinists, please shed a tear. Tomorrow starts a new frontier. Don't forget that just last year we won the cup, our souvenir. And the microphone drops. That's it. <laughs> Drew, thank you for that. Um, I don't. Should we end the podcast now? Is that? That's no. That, that's that's <laughs> awesome. That's the high point. I feel like we're just gonna go downhill from there. Thanks, guys. I had a good good commute the other day, and I decided to uh, come up with my own version. <laughs> well, awesome. Drew, thank you very much. Uh, all right, so let's uh, let's switch some gears. I think the one positive that came from our technical difficulty, which uh, having us re-record the show, is that we can talk about the Nagby goal. He uh, he's featured. From well, you should probably clarify on. his national team goal because he's got two goals in four days, right? Yeah, he does, and they're both pretty, uh, pretty impressive goals, if you ask me. But uh, so the U.S. men's national team just beat Ecuador on Wednesday night, one nothing, thanks to our very own Darlington Nagby, who had a pretty nice half volley from inside the box. I mean, it was it was cool. I'm super happy for him. He was, was unmarked, clean. and the keeper dove away. But but <laughs> I definitely jumped up and scared everyone, yeah, all my exactly. neighbors, and right. when it happened. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, I think he played he played it off his chest, and I don't even think it hit the ground, right? It was just kind of a oh, yeah. off his chest and right in, yeah. Right, well, no, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I think he actually, like, miscontrolled it. He was trying to bring it down with his chest, and he kind of misplayed it and then did that awesome scissor kick. Yeah. yeah. But I think we can even, like, if he didn't score, he, he was the U.S. offense. Like, I don't know who can say they've done that much. I mean, he kept possession. He distributed the ball phenomenally. He you know, generated attacking chances. He was the U.S. bread and butter. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't say he was the whole offense. Like Pulisic looked really good. But he Bobby came, but he came mm-hmm. in after Nagby did. That's I mean, true. once Nagby came in, I mean, but, it was him and Wood that really started. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, but I would say when Pulisic came on, he, you know, Pulisic was right in front of Nagby. They kind of, you could tell they yes, already yes. had a rapport built. Um, there was that one. I think it was a chance, uh, maybe in the 80th minute or something, where Nagby had a nice outside of the boot pass down the sideline, and Pulisic kind of went down and it led yes. to a nice cross. Um, yep. And that's when I was like, man, this is this is awesome. And and it was really, it almost, I mean, it was almost too good to be true because the USA was so awful in the first half. Um, well, I would say they're awesome, but it was like water on a rock. You know, Ecuador was coming in every time, and, you know, our defense held firm. But There, there was were a combined three shots by both yeah. teams in the first half. It was, it was, it was more like rock versus rock. Yeah, sure. I think, fine. yeah, wasn't Nagby like a... He can he, uh, every pass he connected on, I believe, right? Was he thirty three for thirty three on completed yeah. passes? Yeah, like interception no, or recovery. I mean, he he had literally had a perfect stat line. Um, yeah, amazing. He was. No, he was, I mean, yeah. I don't know how he doesn't start. If he doesn't start, then I'm at a loss for words. I mean, Klinsman is not the brightest bulb in the box, as we all know. But I mean, that was a pretty blatant performance from Nagby. It was just you know, hats off. I was so excited after. I'm like, oh my god, I can't even sleep. Well, I mean, I would. It'd be. It's gonna be interesting because, you know, if you start Nagby, if you start Wood, Lin, the, the who's the kid who plays for Dortmund? That Pulisic. Yeah. Pulisic. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, that's what everybody's saying. You know, if you uh, to kind of throw that kind of youth out there and see, um, you know, what comes of it. I don't think anybody really gives the U.S. a whole lot of chance. I mean, I think most people are gonna be pretty excited if they make it out of the group. Yeah. Um, you know, but um, so uh, it's all kind of, I think, also a, just a test getting ready for uh, for Russia. Yeah. You yeah. know, as well. And getting these guys, you know, obviously you still have two years and you still have, I don't know how many camps, you know, I mean, uh, before um, all this is going to happen. But you've got to kind of look at it like that as well. This is kind of going to be one of the bigger setups for uh, for Russia, for sure. Yeah. Well, and it's funny you think about, like, uh Klinsman's become famous for nationalizing all these German players, and the best three players in the game last night were Bobby Wood, who's from Hawaii, Nagby, who's from Liberia slash Cleveland, and Pulisic, who's from Hershey, Pennsylvania. I was gonna say Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> yep. so. But also, like going into that, like I don't know how he goes back to the old formation because putting Bradley back in that number, you know, the S- distribution six. The six, role. yeah, I like him as a six. Yeah, I mean who. I mean, who doesn't? I mean, that's kind of his best position. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's when he kind of flourished for Roma. He's playing for Toronto. But this is the first time, like, Klinsman's, like, vision has kind of actually been a thing when we've kind of had proactive, attacking, possession soccer. I mean, we had possession in the second half. We dominated between 45 to 55%, which is saying something. So, you know, it's currently the second-best team accountable. I mean, this is the first time we've seen anything that's kind of produced Klinsman's vision by what he's wanted. We haven't sat back and hoped to get something on the counterattack or a set piece. This is this has been what he's wanted. So if he kind of goes away from this in the next game with Bolivia, I'm just fuck you, fuck you, Klinsman. When's their next uh, friendly? When is it? It's Friday against Bolivia. Isn't it Saturday? Uh, oh, Saturday. Yes, correct. The twenty eighth. Yeah. That is yeah. Saturday. Well, good. Good for him. I'm glad yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, that's awesome, you know, and I mean, hopefully it's kind of his confidence because we all know what he's been doing this year in Portland. I mean, he's kind of had off and on. I mean, I think a lot of it is, you know, he's been great on the ball, but, you know, how many goals does he have? Um, I think that's, what does he have for Portland this year? A couple of goals? Nagby? Yeah. 
Just the one from this weekend. Oh, I thought he had one yeah. earlier in the year. Just well, the he's one. He's got two and two games right now. Yeah. Right. But no, I mean, so hopefully this does some kind of confidence for him. And we all know that, you know, when when he's on and when he's feeling confident, there's probably not a whole lot of guys in the league that's going to uh, be able to um, stick with him. So, I mean, even last night, though, and this is one of the last little points I want to make before you actually get into mm-hmm. more of the Timber stuff, but. You know, I mean, the only way that Ecuador's right to shut him down was to tactically foul him. I mean, they could take the ball off his foot. I mean, other than unless you grabbed him from behind. So, I mean, I, I, I think he's what you need right now if you're the U.S. and you're going into the Copa. You need somebody who's going to keep possession and be, you know, going to have his head up and be tactically aware and make that last pass or, you know, even make that side or back pass and keep possession as opposed to just giving the ball away. This tournament's set up for him to do well. So, I hopefully, hopefully he takes full advantage. All right, so Ryan, let's talk about you. Uh, who are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, awesome. Who, um, who are? Okay, I don't know, sure, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I consider something. I consider myself a pretty hardworking guy. I am uh, 36 years old from uh, from the heart of the Midwest, Peoria, Illinois. It doesn't get any more uh, kind of Central America than um, than where I am. Uh, so I've um, been a Timbers fan for. Oh, gosh, a little over five years. I first um, really got involved with the team uh, the first year in MLS, so back in 2011. And then I do a lot with um, in the Heartland region. We call it the Heartland Regiment. Um, so I help set up all of the away days and um, get stuff set up. Um, we cover, I don't know, I think it's 10 or 11 different states throughout the whole uh, Midwest. So our away day matches are Chicago. Uh, Kansas City, and then also Columbus. So um, I've kind of a liaison to help um, getting all that stuff set up. Very cool. So, yeah, yeah, uh, it's so, a lot of fun. I guess let's talk about some of your Timbers history. So why? I guess the question is, why are you a Timbers fan? Why am I a Timbers fan? Well, you know, I mean, it all kind of first started, you know, that first year, um, not really following soccer that much. I watched the first um, home game from – Oh, it wasn't Providence Park. What was it back then? Gerald uh, Winfield. Yeah. Yep. yeah. The old window, the window company. <laughs> um, but um, I remember watching the first match on, I think it was, it was national coverage. I think ESPN had the game. It was against the fire. And I just remember uh, seeing the environment and just thinking to myself, you know, I've never seen anything, anything like this. And just being drawn to it and seeing the passion and, um, you know, that kind of sparked my interest. So I kind of followed the team, um, not like I do now, but uh, just kind of kept track of the team. And then the more I got into it, the more uh, I learned about the Timbers Army and the more I learned about the people involved with it and what they did outside of soccer and just the community that, uh, that, is, uh, that is there. Um, I mean, you can't not help kind of get involved with it at that point. And there was kind of a, uh, a role or I'm not going to say a role, but there was, you know, just some help that was needed here uh, in the Midwest, kind of organizing stuff and getting everything set up. So that was a good opportunity for me for me to uh, kind of step up and say, hey, you know, I'm willing to do whatever I can. Awesome. Yeah. So what, uh, so what are your favorite uh, away day or, or two? Yeah, yeah. No, so um, I love going or to Or actually, I should, I should back up. Run through yeah. the game, the away days you've been to, and then give us a sure. favorite. Yeah, so I've been to... Um, um, so far, two um, two matches in uh, um, in Chicago. Um, I've been to two matches in Kansas City, 
And then um, I went to the, the cup final in Columbus uh, last year as well. Um, so those are all kind of following my region. I would love, and this, my plan for this, I don't know about this year, but definitely next year is to make it out the East coast, at least go to one of the games out there. Um, I've never even been to a game out in Portland, you know? So obviously that's Gotta kind of one that. of those, th- yeah, that's one of the things I would, you know, it's kind of, I think I have to do it. You know, it's just for me kind of making it happen, getting time off work and getting everything together to get out there. Um, I don't even care. I mean, obviously I would love to go to a Seattle match or a Vancouver match, but I just want to get out there. I don't care if they're playing, um, Houston, you know, it doesn't really matter. Totally. I just want to get out there and achieve uh, us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. My first For game sure. was against you. I thought it was at, uh, at Providence Park was against Chivas and, uh, nice. phenomenal. Yeah. We won. So that was great. Yeah. So, um, so those are the matches that I've been to. Um, I guess uh, Kansas City's awesome. I love what they have done. They've created an amazing environment. Um, they've got a, an awesome park player, um, and uh, I mean it's very similar. I think you're not going to find a whole lot of better environments for soccer here in the states besides Portland, Seattle, probably Vancouver. But um, Kansas City is definitely up up there in my opinion. Um, but if I had to kind of pick one match, um, uh, you know, that's going to always kind of hold a place in my heart. It was the Cup final from uh, from last year for sure course yeah i mean there's no and i mean i know that's kind of a cop-out you know i know if anybody you know anybody that went to that match is probably going to say well you know that's like that's always going to go down as my favorite match um unless you know maybe you went to the seattle kind of away playoff game where in the first leg what was that like two or three years back yeah when they beat him the first leg in seattle yep you know i mean that would have been an you know an amazing feeling uh to be able to do that but, um, you know, I still think, um, I mean, the cup final is, uh, is always going to hold kind of a special place for me, for sure. No, awesome. I don't think anyone can disagree with that. It's just, I mean, I didn't have the pleasure to go because my job hates me. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things that's going to stick in your memory forever. And it's uh, obviously worthwhile. Yeah, you know, and um, I, have a, I have an 11-year-old son. And, you know, he's, I've been able to take him to most of the matches that I've been to. Um, so he was able to go with me uh, to that match, and we were able to sit with the Timbers Army. And, uh, um, you know, so it was – it kind of solidified for me that there's not a better supporter section in North America than what we are. And to have all of that kind of happen in one week and to see all of this, you know, kind of come together and uh, you see the organization, man, I mean, it was uh, – nobody else could have done that. You know, and, I mean, I think the – uh, the Timbers Army has done such a great job, even in the last couple of years of helping, you know, there's such an amazing environment in Portland and it's like, okay, well, how do we bring it outside of Portland? So by setting up the regional kind of subgroups, like we have the Heartland region. I know, you know, on the East Coast, you guys have um, East Coast Platoon, you know, you've got Taco in Seattle. And so you've got, you know, for all these away days, uh, you know, you've got this, you know, just massive people that are there ready to help and they are ready to organize it. Um, in uh, Columbus, you have, um, it's called Oak, I want to believe, yep. I say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I can only imagine, you know, what he, what, I'm not going to name names, but what he was going through that week, just trying to kind Jeff. of. Jeff, he's been yeah. on. 
Yeah, Jeff and Jeff, awesome. yeah, yep, Jeff's, a, Jeff Jeff's an here. awesome guy. Good. I don't I don't know who I can name names with mm-hmm. or not, so I'm just gonna say person this guy. If but, they're on the Jeff, podcast, we can name names. Okay, yeah. So uh, uh, no, Jeff's an awesome guy. You know, I, he's I've kind of done some work with him because he kind of falls under the umbrella, I guess, of the Heartland Regiment. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of a his group is kind of a subgroup of what we are. And uh, but no, I mean, so you know, to see everything that he kind of did and help setting up like the the meetup the night before um and getting all that set up so you know i mean there's no other club you know that can even match you know um what we can do and how you know especially if we're organized and i think we've done a really good job um the 107 is put, the 107 has put a really big emphasis especially this past year on helping out regional subgroups and um you know just kind of getting them kind of different needs um they sent me like 50 flags Wow. You know, that I can um, that I can kind of bring around to matches. They set up an awesome like TIFO program for this year as well for kind of regional groups to where if you don't have the resources, um, all you've got to do is kind of get a hold of. There's one guy who's kind of the head of kind of TIFO with the TA, and if you email him and you get to, and you pretty much give him a sketch, give him dimensions, they will sketch everything out on fabric, mail it to you, and you paint it. It's awesome. You know, it's been I mean, quite, so, a, quite the phenomenal supporters machine, if you will. I mean, I use the term machine, but like we have some parts of this down to a science, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're working, um, you know, we've got a TIFO coming up this, uh, this Saturday, you know, that um, I'm working with this guy on getting just like a 20 foot long kind of banner that I can carry around with me. It just is not so much as a TIFO is what it is, a banner with just like Heartland Regiment on it, so we can take it around to all the matches. Um, so, and I mean, I don't know if I would have, I mean, I probably would have made, I would have been able to do it on my own, but it would look terrible. It looked like garbage. <laughs> Another reason why everybody should join the 107 IST. Yeah, I know it's 25 bucks, but they, they sent you out. Uh, I got a nice little keychain. Worth it many times over. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, for sure. Hey, and this, uh, the stuff of the month stuff's working out all right this year as well. <laughs> all right, so let's, uh, Let's dip into the recent form. So prior to our 4-2 victory over Vancouver, we had our first uh, three-game losing streak under Porter, all of the, uh, the same 2-1 result. And uh, We always that... lose 2-1. to one. Wow, that's, that's sad and pessimistic, Drew. <laughs> but uh, it hasn't been that great, though. I mean, I guess the only silver lining I really see is we have yet to be shut out, but at the same time, we have yet to shut out. Um, that's kind of. But we're never gonna shut up. You're, how long were you holding on to that one, Drew? Just came just, a, just now. Oh, just now. This is that poet I was talking about. But um, it, it hasn't been magical. I mean, we've had some relatively nice plays happen here and there, but you know our back line is incredibly shaky at the moment. And yeah, we're producing goals, but we can't seem to hold on to a lead if we ever go up. I mean. Yeah, I mean, it's been different for us in that the Timbers don't usually get the early lead and then give it up. I don't think they did that at all last season, if I remember correctly. Um, that said, I'm not, I wasn't even, you know, obviously you never want to lose three games in a row, but they're not the worst games. I mean, the, the NYCFC game was the most frustrating, but the underlying numbers in that were really good. So the Timbers were expected to score, I think, 2.8 goals or something like that, and NYCFC was under one. So so basically Portland underperformed the number of goals that they should have had. 
um, and, and New York overperformed. So that's that's one thing. Uh, and the other two were road games. So, I mean, you can only... You, you always want to, if you can, you know, one at home, tie on the road. We obviously couldn't do that, but if you're going to lose road games, it's not the end of the world, right? I mean, obviously the schedule up ahead is huge, but... Um, I, I actually don't think the three-game losing streak was, was as bad as it looked on paper. I think we it was bad. Oh, go, go ahead, Ryan. Yeah. I mean, wasn't there that stretch under Spencer where we didn't win a road game for, I can't remember how long. the last <laughs> like, game. Oh, my God. I think we the whole season, I think we were something like one in like 14 or something on the road. Yeah, yeah it was or, the last I mean, game at Vancouver, and that was to the, uh, the Cascadia Cup. The Cascadia, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. But, oh, man, like it was – like gut wrenching to watch them on the road, you know. We would at least like draw at home. We what wouldn't even it? win. We would draw, <laughs> <Yeah>. but uh, <laughs> on the road, I mean, it was like painful to watch. I think that's the gut wrenching thing now. Is in recent years we've had quite quite impressive road form. Actually, you know, we've you can say we're just as, almost just as good as away from home as at home, and to, you know, to start dropping points, especially when we were up goals, and then just kind of give it away. I mean, that Vancouver game was one of our better games played, if you ask me, and yet we still managed to, through some kind of shoddy goalkeeping and poor defensive work, lose that. Yeah. So it's kind of... I feel like sometimes people forget that what a huge advantage, home field advantage in MLS. Like, 50% of home teams win the game, and then it's about 25-25 for tie and loss. So... Obviously, not all games are and not all teams are created equal. But even Houston is going to win probably forty percent of their home games or thirty-five percent of their home games this season. Um, so when you think about it like that, it's it's a little easier to stomach, I would say. Sure, no, definitely, especially with Dan so much of the season. But uh, I feel like coming up in June is kind of our kind of the stretch where we have their best shot at winning some games right now and putting a little run together before July where we sort of have a bit more of a gauntlet. I mean, we got Chicago. Uh, we play Houston this month, or in June. Uh, do, we, do we have Seattle at home as well, if I'm mistaken? Yeah, I think end of the month. Well, is I that mean, the week where we play them, like, home and away in, like, the same week? No, that's August. Is that not till August? Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, we have a shot to put some uh, some wins together here. I mean, I, I don't see any game this month. And we, I think we play RSL away at RSL. And that looks like the hardest game of the month. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, there's no game I see that we can't get a nice positive result out of. And then we go into July, and I feel like we play, what, seven games in that month? or we play a, a decent Yeah, we play a nice stretch of games in just July alone. So, I mean, if you look at what we did last year, we went on that four-game. or No, we went, in total, we went, what, Six for five or something like that for mm-hmm. I think so. uh, results last year, and that that kind of almost defined the first half of our season. I mean, you could say we would definitely not would have had the end result without that with those victories. So, yeah, I mean, I think Nagby and Taylor getting called up um, is going to hurt us. Audi is obviously most of our offense. Jack and McInerney has done fine, but he's no Fernando Audi. Uh, now, I mean, he played. We haven't even talked about the Vancouver game, but. Uh, I thought Jack Mack was good, but he got his goal handed to him on a platter. Um, so I, I do think the absent, depending, it, a lot, it may depend on how long Adi is out. 
because he's sure. so important to our offense. Yeah. But, uh, Drew, you brought up. So let's kind of talk about the Vancouver game. Uh, the Timbers won 4-2. to uh, There were a total of three penalties, uh, two for us, one for Vancouver. Uh, I think overall this was probably our most complete performance and probably one of our best. Uh, I mean, I think my biggest issue with it was Milano, just in the sense that I feel like he's a giant question mark. I feel like he's a lot of untapped potential that I'm not sure we will tap. Uh, it kind of sucks that we paid so much. And I think we were hoping for a bit more, a bit more of dividend out of uh, out of him this year. I mean, we all kind of knew that we brought him in mid-season last year. We all know that there's that kind of adjustment period. I know me and you, Drew, we talked about um, last year that we'd, you know, we'd hold off on the criticisms until this point. And here we are, and he just doesn't seem to be able to do anything. I mean, he can get the ball into the final third, but that's about it. I mean, once it's there, he either misses, either misses the shot or misses the pass, and I don't know what to make of it anymore. He reminds me kind of of Dominic Oduro. He's just not as fast, right? He can dribble I, and I get in the position. Dominic Oduro, I mean, Dominic Oduro <laughs> can at least finish. I mean, yeah. not not like a super high rate, but don't by any chance. But like, he can finish, and at least he can make the pass a bit better too. I yeah. mean, Milano's got none of that going forward right now. Uh, the only the only play that Milano has ever impressed me on is the cross that he had for Wallace. Um. In the final. In the final. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I mean, that year. goal against Dallas and then. Yeah, and I mean, with the one where he kind of walked yeah. the. But that uh, wasn't yeah. even really like a skill goal. That was just a cheeky little thing that he just happened to <laughs> get on the outside of his foot. Yeah. yeah. But it almost makes it more frustrating because you can see the talent. You can, and that's the thing. Yeah. I even um, I pulled some numbers from last season and this season. So last season he played about 1,000 minutes, and he's up to about 760 uh, so far this season. So. You can do the math, about 250 fewer minutes uh, than the last season thus far. So, you know, kind of small sample sizes. But last season he averaged um, uh, three and a half shots per game per 96 minutes. And this season he's at 1.4. Last season he averaged um, about 0.4 expected goals per 96 minutes. And 96 minutes is the average length of an MLS game. This season he's at 0.1. So he's dropped by 0.3 points, and I was, um, key passes are about the same, which is a pass that leads to a shot. Expected assists are up marginally, so maybe he's making better passes, but um, just but overall, I mean, overall his numbers are just down from last year, which is kind of the opposite whatever, from what everybody expected. But uh, even aesthetically, it does not look like he makes that final pass. I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he got so he got the assist on McInerney's goal. Uh, or not McInerney's, um, on, uh, was it, wait, who scored the, uh... It was McInerney. It wasn't the... McInerney. He was the only one that had run a play. Cause yeah, because Valeri, then Valeri it, had a that's free right. kick. That's right. And then a three. penalties, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so Waston fell over. And yeah. Yeah. You know, Milano's, I mean, he passed it to the right area, but it would have been very easily picked off if Waston had If he had hadn't fallen. Yeah. So, even his numbers might be artificially inflated a little bit on assists. So, I mean, our, yeah, it's it's not looking great. That said, I think we're basically pot committed at this point. We've invested so much money in him. Um, there's no one, no other team that's going to be willing to pay him the same amount. So, I think we got to ride this out and hope that he's just in a slump and uh, that he'll continue to improve. But is a slump 
can you, can you call a slump a slump if it's all we know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Is that right, just yeah. the norm? What's the highest point sucks. you've had with Milano? I mean, what's like exactly the? the I mean. Yeah. No, I mean the guy. He, you know, he's got a little pace to him, and I mean, like you said, I mean, like he's he can't hit the broadside of a barn. Hey, he can't. Uh, he can't finish with anything. You know, I mean, the only chance that he has is Adi does a little hold up play, and uh, he puts something even close to frame, and he gets a deflection. Yeah, you well, know, especially you know, with Espria coming back, very surprisingly, and you know, getting a goal and having his best thirty minutes of the season, I thought. And Maddox has shown that when he's healthy, he can contribute so you know, maybe see, with Maddox, I see uh, a similar player to Milano but difference in the sense that he's selfish I feel he does yeah. not want to make that pass and he's not necessarily I mean I think he if only we overall, could combine them into one player right I feel like overall he's probably better when it goes to goal but I feel like he's got a tendency to either hold the ball too long or to try to get it off as quickly as possible and that ends in the same result as in no good pass or no goal yeah, it's so frustrating to watch. I mean, he, he, you can see that he's getting in the right places and he's making the right runs, but he's so slow in his decision-making, whether it be to take the shot or make the pass, that the defender's on him and it turns into a turnover every time. And he falls over and asks for a foul call, and it's just like, get up, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. We don't got time for this. I mean, come yeah. on. No, I mean, he spends half the, I mean, how many times, you know, does he, yeah, like you said, he'll get either taken off the ball or... He'll trip over something. Then, you know, his first reaction is get a point at the ref or do something. I think that the people that have always kind of even his biggest supporters right now are have him on a very, very, like, little leash. You know I mean? I think That's nobody fair. has nobody has any patience. Or, you know, I mean, everybody, you know, there comes a time where you just got to shut up and deliver. You know, yeah. I mean, just go out there, work hard. And, I mean, I, I'm not saying he doesn't work hard because he runs. You know, and, I mean, he creates. and But, man. You know, I mean, you're you are a DP. What do we say that makes over a million dollars a year? Mm-hmm. About that. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. You know, I and you you from that position, you need at least, you know, uh, at minimum five six goals a year. Or assists, or high numbers of or assists. Or high, no, yeah, yeah, or you know, or creating or doing something. I mean, you have to be able to produce. Or at least and, the potential. Like, there's no potential for goals no right exactly now. i mean it's <laughs> no the only thing you know with milano is you're gonna get him into the bot uh, into the final third but other than that you're just a crapshoot yeah yeah i yeah. will say that so i think a positive is jack mcinerney because mm-hmm. if you ask for me for value for what we're paying him right now he's better valued than milano or not milano i'm oh, yeah, definitely milano but rudy <laughs> I mean, yeah yeah i, I think, think you're right i mean they, i think they've both i think rudy's good uh i think i think he is but when you look at how much you're paying Rudy, to what you're paying McInerney, you're getting more value out of McInerney. Yeah. I mean, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not honestly not a huge difference between the two, I don't think. Um, they're both definitely in the hundreds of thousands, but... Um, I thought Rudy was making, like, close to, like, 500. I think that was the issue I got there in Lodum. Because wasn't he making a lot of money? Like, that's the, that was the big yeah. issue? Yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah, so maybe it was a couple times what McInerney's making. So, yeah, I mean, he's definitely been... He's definitely far exceeded my expectations. I didn't. Yeah, I mean, he's got four goals in the season so far. Yeah, and I will say, even though that um, when he got into the box in that first goal, I feel it was almost his fault that Waston lost his footing because I think Waston realized at the last second that uh, McInerney was right behind him. And he tried to double back quickly, and he wasn't able to do that because that's what McInerney does. He likes to get him behind, you know, your two central backs. 
I mean, he's clinical finishing, so, I mean, good for him. It's what he does, and it's why he's here. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think one major difference is uh, Rudy always had, he, he was either really on or really off. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. Mean, I think that, you know, there were definitely games where he would just, he just disappeared, you know, where I think McInerney, and we've seen this even from him starting some matches that he is going to give you, consider he's going to be there, he's going to fight hard, he's going to battle. And, uh, you know, I think a Rudy was a better playing coming, you know, he got really, used really good last year coming off the bench, you know, in like the 80th minute, right, mm-hmm. when we're down. Or, you know, I think there was that five-game stretch like last year where him and Fernandez were working off each other like really, really well. Man, I like uh, forgot about Fernandez. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I mean, I think we won. I mean, like that was like a big turning point in the season. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think Adi wasn't playing. That was when Adi like wasn't – they were bringing Adi off the bench. You know, because he wasn't well, remember, Adi really was producing. Part of the reason we brought Milano in was to be the striker to replace Adi. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, so, I mean, I think that, you know, Rudy at times was better, but I think McInerney in the long run is going to be a lot more consistent and it's going to give you Wait. more goals for sure. You also remember that McInerney's like 23 years old and he has Oh, he's so young. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you yeah. look at his age and his numbers, I mean, He's on par to go pretty high in MLS scoring. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. he's just been around so long. Yeah. I mean, he was I mean, like uh, U17, you know, like the U.S. Yeah. National. I mean, he's been around in this league. And, you know, I don't know how many different teams he's played for. He was in Columbus, what, like Philadelphia? Mm-hmm. He's in Philly, like Montreal, Columbus, and Portland's his fourth team. Yeah. His fourth team, and he's 22 years old. Yeah. You know, yeah. so that, I mean, that does make you kind of question, you know, why, you know, like, uh, you know, teams aren't, you know, like uh, investing in him. Well, but, here's the, I think he's uh, had bad know. luck. So you'll get what happened. I think he was traded to Montreal for need from Philadelphia. Then Drogba came in. You don't really need McInerney anymore. And then he mm-hmm. was never really set up to succeed in Columbus. I mean, the mm-hmm. way they play, it's, you know. Yeah. I mean, McInerney was kind of the fox in the box kind of guy. And Columbus is more player to the wings, whip it into Kamara. And mm-hmm. uh, that's not what he does. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm glad we have him. I mean, and he's already paid dividends yeah, for sure. He's already, I think, brought, you know, I mean, and you could tell that, you know, he came in, I think, into training camp. I remember reading how, how well he came in. He was ready to play. I think that, um, you know, I mean, physically fit, he was good. And um, he was saying, you know, hey, this is, you know, this is a good opportunity for me. Um, and I definitely think that it's one of those things where he kind of feels like, hey, you know, I've got to stick somewhere. You know, I've, yeah. you know, I've got to kind of, you know, kind of maybe prove to myself, prove to people that, you know, I'm not this guy, um, you know, that just kind of floats around. You know, I want to stick with one team. I want to, uh, you know, feel, I guess, kind of valued. And, uh, you know, who knows what his role is going to be once everybody gets healthy. You know, once, and that's you the thing, know, too. Uh, like, right now, we need him. With Addy, mm-hmm. it's kind of a question mark. I mean, mm-hmm. he's got a hamstring yeah. injury, and those are not injuries you want to rush back from. Because if you re-injure them, it usually takes twice as long for them to heal. So, I yeah. mean, at the moment, we need him, and I'm I'm comfortable with him being a starter as long as Adi's injured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we're going to need the depth. Uh, Taylor's gone with Jamaica. Nagby's gone. Maddox is hurt. Adi's hurt. I mean, we're, we're kind of at our... And that's another reason why Esprit's comeback was so important, because we just need him at this point. Uh, yeah. It'll be interesting to see if Nico Brett gets in the rotation. He got his first minutes I over feel the like weekend. You have to keep him in there. 
Yeah, I watched what? the T2 game this weekend, and he was really good in that game, too. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's we're, we're, depth is maybe our biggest issue, especially in defense. Who's our... Yeah. With Taylor gone, it's probably going to be Clutie again on the left. Who else Alan, can beat? That's, that's your best shot. I mean, yeah, I and obviously Powell's still out. So, what, what Taylor Pay is going to be our... Yeah. Defender I mean, on the bench. Yeah. And then, I mean, you talk about depth. You know, if we depth, we need it this year. You think about what we have coming up with, you know, I mean, Open Cup, CONCACAF, you know, I mean, we're going to need, mm-hmm. we're going to need a lot of depth. We're going to be, because, you know, there's going to come that point where we're going to have to travel. And it's, um, you know, so, I mean, we all saw what happened a couple of years back when we were in CONCACAF. You know, some of the traveling schedule is crazy. You know, I know they just set the draw up, so you don't know who you're really involved with. But, man, I remember, where'd we travel last game? Ghana and Honduras. Guiana. Right. Guiana? Yeah. Guiana. Right, yeah. No, you know, I remember they were playing on this, like, dirt baseball field. Yeah. Cricket. As a cricket. It was like, well, that's what it was. It was like a, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, I mean, we need to have, if we need depth, we need it, like, this year. And, you know, I mean, we, um, um, you know, guys are going to play minutes. So, you know, that's one, I mean, maybe, you know, we get to that point, you, um, especially for the Open Cup matches starting off, you know, you wouldn't be surprised if, especially Adi, um, if McInerney doesn't, you know, get that kind of lone kind of striker spot and um, give Adi a little bit of a rest. Yeah. So let's kind of switch on players. Espria, I mean, he had a pretty good game. I mean, he came in, he was dynamic. He was kind of the Espria that we all kind of expected him to be at the beginning of the season. I mean, Porter did kind of allude that he was in the doghouse and that's why he didn't even make the 18 in the past few games. Yeah, it sounded like a... Personal or something. Issue yeah. or something, there was something goofy going on there. That but ultimately, I'm glad he's back. I mean, I think a good Espria is a good player to have. I mean, he's not like he's a wasted space. He's got the talent, man. He, he wasn't good he early in the season, but you can't deny he's got the talent. Mm-hmm. And he's much cheaper than... Yeah, yeah, no, he is. One of, our, one of my favorite one of my favorite goals from last year was that, that strike. What was it, against Dallas in the playoffs? Yep. Oh, so amazing. Top corner. Yeah, hey, yeah, I mean that was, in my opinion, one of like the turning points of the uh, playoffs. Of the playoffs. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean that yeah. kind of really kind of helped us. It's like, man, you know, everybody's clicking. Mm-hmm. We can do you know, this. Everybody is, you know, um, everybody's on board with this. And because um, I think at that point it was, it was like two one. They'd like just scored. Um, yeah, we were up by no. He uh, was, was it one goal, wasn't he? Was he the he second goal? He was two nil. And then they pulled one back, then Borchers got the then last Borchers one. scored a lead. Okay, mm-hmm. I mean, so it was like one. But still, you know, I mean, there, there was, I mean, man, just that, uh, you know. So, I mean, he definitely has the quality there. And it's just, you know, definitely, uh, you know, Valeri really showed his kind of leadership, like letting him take that free kick on um, on Sunday. Or not yep. the, free, the PK. Yeah, um, he drilled it. It was well you know, and so, I mean, hopefully, you know, like his, his confidence can kind of get up and, um, you know, he can uh, kind of get some minutes. And, you know, coming into this weekend with all of the holes that we have, you know, I mean, I would definitely have him in the, in the 11. Well, I think sure. speaking of the penalty, uh, I'm pretty sure the best Timbers player over the game was was Ka. I mean, Ka really came through and needed him. You know, <laughs> two goals. I don't know what more you could ask of the guy. I mean, he was right there. I thought the second PK was a little it was soft. Was a little soft. Um, I don't disagree with you. I think it kind of from every angle I saw, it came from the underside of his kid's tricep, and to me, that's just that's too close to the body to actually call as a handball. But 
Yeah. It is what it is. I wasn't going to argue with it. Yeah. But I actually say I'm fine with it. Yeah, I mean, I, it, yeah, I, I think it was soft, but I also think the one on uh, Ridgewell was soft. So, exactly. Man, it's if you call one, you got to call the other. Yeah. 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 They always have a like, way of kind of equaling out. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. that penalty was worth it just for his reaction, because, I mean, come on. That was phenomenal. <laughs> it matched her teeth <laughs> so well. Yeah, really did. Really did. Uh, so I guess let's kind of move uh, from our 4 2 victory to Chicago away. Um, yeah. Ryan, you want to talk about what the plans are? I mean, I know right now yeah. there's a Friday night meetup scheduled before the game. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. We're going to meet at the Globe uh, Pub on uh, this coming Friday. Uh, I can't remember if it's 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock. Um, 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock. Awesome. Thanks. Um, so, yeah, I mean, We've always worked really well with Section 8, which is a supporters group out of uh, out of Chicago. Um, and uh, so when I had kind of first started kicking around ideas, they were kind of my first contact saying, hey, you know, uh, we've done stuff together in the past. You know, anything, any leads on uh, on places where we can meet up, you know, anything would be awesome. And they were uh, really, really gracious and said, well, let's do kind of a joint kind of weekend together. Um, so everything we're doing this week is kind of a, um, a meetup with the TA and then also with Section 8. So um, it is uh, at the Globe on Friday, which is an awesome little space. It's, uh, it's kind and of a is soccer. that in Chicago? That's, that's, yeah, because the, what's screwed up about this, about the fire is, you know, they play in Bridgeview, Illinois, which is in the BFE. It's in the middle of nowhere, about 45 minutes outside of the city. Um, so pretty much the majority of the, of, or a lot of the meetup stuff that we are doing is in the city. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got over 400, even just TA tickets. I've heard we've got over 700 people coming to the match. You know, there were a whole bunch of people that just bought kind of, you wherever know, just tickets yeah. off StubHub or whatever. Right. Um, so we've got a bunch of people coming into town. Um, so, and a lot of those people had never been to the city before and they wanted to stay in, uh, Chicago. So, um, you know, we kind of, um, set up a lot of stuff in the city. Um, so yeah, Friday night at the globe, uh, pub and that's the, um, kind of the meetup. Perfect. Um, yeah. Now um, there is a, a bus ride shuttle kind of planned. Is there not? Yes. Yeah. Because, um, so there's a restaurant in a city called El Hardin. Um, and so we've got three different buses that are going to be picking up, um, there in the city. Um, the first bus leaves at three o'clock and that bus, uh, because we're also doing a supporters match. Um, so that's for people that are wanting to either go to the supporters match or going to the tailgate early. And then we also have two buses that are coming in at, um, at 4.30, or that are leaving at 4.30. Um, you know, and uh, we all know how this goes. You've, you've got, a, I think it's 15 or 16 bus to, uh, to ride it, and you've got to um, sign up at um, L. Hardin um, to get on the bus. And then that will also take you back after, um, after the match. And uh, folks with well. TA tickets pick up their tickets at L. Hardin as well. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so there was some – I mean, usually the plan was to send out tickets uh, – what night did we do? Uh, Tuesday night. And, um, you know, with just the amount of tickets, you know, um, travel didn't feel 100% confident. 
um, with it um, just for some security issues. So, um, and maybe it was a little bit last minute, you know, I mean, I don't think that everybody planned to sell as much as what we did going into this weekend. Um, I think the other part for this weekend is you've got Memorial Day weekend. It's a three day weekend. Um, so I think this has kind of been on the calendars for a lot of people for a while. Um, so we kind of sold, um, more than double our allotted tickets. Um, so I think that kind of took everybody by a little bit of a, um, storm and some pretty big people in the TA got involved with it because, you know, they were like, man, what is, why is everybody going to this match? Um, so we've got some really, really cool people coming in. Um, but, and they've helped to set up a lot of the stuff like the buses, they were the ones that make the call that say, Hey, you know, let's get, uh, let's get buses going. And, um, so they were able to help out with all that stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Um, now I believe there's some, uh, some game day shenanigans going on. Uh, the supporters match in a tailgate, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I, I made the comment to somebody earlier. I said, I feel like a, like a soccer scout trying to <laughs> scout people to play in this like supporters match. You know, I'm trying like, uh, so yeah, it was, so we're doing a supporters match against the section eight on the practice pitch for the fire, which is That's in, cool. yeah, which is kind of in the far end of the parking lot, um, of the stadium. Um, so yeah, we're going to play, we max it out at like 20 people. So, um, you know, cause I'm sure there's definitely people that aren't going to be like super fit. So we say, Hey, well that gives us almost three full kind of rotations, uh-huh. you know? Uh, so, you know, and I, it's supposed to be like, super hot on saturday as well you know so drink uh, some water bring yeah, your sunscreen yeah, oh yeah. yeah 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 so it's cool like we've got there's a whole bunch of people that are that are coming we've got people that are coming just to kind of support so i mean only the the timbers army would you know go to support a supporters match you know <laughs> it's like it's goofy but um no i mean so we've uh, people have been really cool with it um, so yeah, we've got that going on Saturday at like four thirty before the match. And then the tailgate is, um, the fire are doing, it's called rock against racism. They do it every year. Um, which is to, um, you know, obviously raise money for a couple of different, um, kind of organizations in the city. Um, so yeah, they've got like four or five bands that are playing. It's getting catered by like a little taqueria in town. Um, so it'll be a, it'll be a lot of fun. Very cool. And, yeah, and they do it right in the parking lot outside of the stadium. That's awesome. As well. So uh, we've always had really, really good um, kind of record with Chicago. I think that we've always treated them really well when they came out to Portland. And, um, you know, I, I think that it's always been kind of a – they haven't had a good couple of years in Chicago. Yeah. So, no, they you know, have not. I, you know, I think that, you know, they're kind of – hey, let's kind of take them under our wing a little bit. Uh, not really, but, uh, no, I mean, they're, they're really, really, um, they've been easy to work with super, super easy. And I think being there, they're super excited, you know, that we have the amount of people that are coming because, you know, I mean, it's not every day that you're going to get, you know, that kind of environment, um, you know, in, uh, from an opposing team, uh-huh. you know, true. coming, in, coming into a stadium. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know I mean? So, yeah. And we've got some really cool stuff. I, I can mention we've got a, a TIFO planned. Um, we've got, um, you know, we've got some pretty heavy hitters, not only from the TA, but some different kind of guys coming in that head up different um, kind of regional groups um, that are making the trip. So it'll, um, it'll be a lot of fun. Now, uh, there is an after party, correct? Can you tell us the location on that, do you know? 
Yeah, that is at the um, trophy room. Trophy room. Thank you. Um, yeah. So that's going on um, after um, after the match. You know, I wouldn't. I, I think it's either like ten or eleven start time. Um, I would imagine. Is that also in downtown. That's also in downtown. Yep. Perfect. DJ um, so, Step. Yeah, DJ Step in the house. And uh, Drew's, Drew's, Drew's going to be there as well, I think. Spin uh, some records, Drew. <laughs> I'll be spinning like, alone in the house. With his he's, mad he's, slam poetry. <laughs> I'd say it. But uh, no, so that'll, it'll be fun. You know, so we've got that kind of set up as well. We're trying to work out some, you know, I don't know if we can work that out. Um, that was one of the questions that got brought up. Well, you know, instead of getting dropped off back at El Hardin, can we get dropped off like at the trophy room if you're taking the bus? Uh, so that's one thing that, you know, kind of came up today that everybody's kind of scrambling, trying to figure it out. But one way or another, I'm sure, you know, that people will get there. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a fun weekend, man. Like, uh, you know, we always, yeah, um, yeah, you know, we need to get, um, it'll be better if we get three points. You know, it'll make everything a lot better, get a nice little two-game kind of streak going. And, um, you know, obviously right now looking at Chicago, you know, it kind of all falls in line. It's a great time to play Chicago. Yeah. Which you know, is a good transition out. to uh, talk about the game. Yeah. Chicago. Yeah, I set that one up. Saturday. That was in my notes <laughs> to kind of to kind of transition into that. Ah, right. You're Perfect. phenomenal. Thank you so much. Get the well, transitional notes. I mean, uh, hey, uh, you uh, need uh, it anymore. You already right. I missed you missed two of them earlier. <laughs> all, right. all right. So uh, <laughs> let's get into it. Chicago are last place in the East. Uh Offensively, they're no way, shape, or form a juggernaut. Uh, they do not have a bundle of goals. Defensively, they're pretty stingy. They're they're pretty good defensively. Uh, you know, they got some speed. David Akam, Kennedy equal to Nikkei, if I'm saying that right. Um, they got Gilberto up top, who you know stays in Toronto. He's he's all right. I wouldn't say it's anything uh anything to write home about, but it's just it's kind of what to expect from a last place team in the East. Uh, they're really just not getting it done. I mean, there's there's really no force you reckoned with in the midfield. Uh, they got rid of Harry Ship and they put him to Montreal. Uh, I mean, I look at this team and there's no one I see that's going to absolutely punish you, uh, like, like Fernando Adi or you know, handful of other DPs like Sebastian Javinko or whoever you want to say. They're just kind of a they're they're bottom table team. That's what they are. Yeah, uh, I think you hit on it with the defense. They've only allowed 13 goals, which is second best in the league. Uh, the problem is they've only scored nine. So exactly. Yeah, so like you said, they they don't have the attacking prowess. They've already changed goalkeepers, so Lampson was starting, but uh, Sean Johnson, who we're all familiar with, you know, who was on the fringes of the national team for a while, got benched, was pretty horrible towards the end of last season, and it, it, apparently the start of this year, but has recently won the job back. So it'll be interesting to see with him. Um, another back line they have uh, is it Brandon Vincent I think is their rookie, uh, who's who's looked pretty good and they have a pretty hodgepodge back line that's really performed pretty well so um, I think that'll be especially with Audi out that's going to be the question for the Timbers is can we score a goal uh, and hopefully we'll be able to, to get the clean sheet so I I'm going to put my put my stake down right now. One team for the first t- game uh, this season, one of the teams playing will not score a goal. I don't know if it's going to be the Timbers or Chicago, maybe both. That's fair. But there will be at least one zero on the on the scoreboard at the end of the game. 
That's fair. Ryan, what do you think? What are we, are we talking about? Scoreline? What do you think about the game? Like, what do you think of Chicago oh, awesome. and the team? Good. Sorry. Sorry. Um, okay. <laughs> I, um, you know, I was, like I said, it's, it's obviously a nice time to play them. I remember this was a really big deal when they shipped out Ship. See that? Yeah. He was, yeah. Well done. Because I think he was like a homegrown kid. <laughs> he was. Yeah. Yeah, he was. You know, he was like, well, right. last year, like, he was like, like man, this, we've got, like, our player to build this team around. And they ship him out. Yeah. Dude, Send him to like, a labor camp in the Great White North. They, right. No. <laughs> I, I mean, it was just goofy. I mean, and I don't know, like, I don't get it. You know, I don't get it. I know that they've got a new coach, you know, this year mm-hmm. um, who kind of brought in a new regime and – I, I'm the reason I wasn't paying attention. I was trying to figure out. They just made a big signing, not that maybe like two or three weeks back, and I was trying to figure out what his name was, um, and I'm not being able to find it. But um, I remember how big of a deal um, the ship thing was, and uh, so you know maybe like um, um, I don't know, but you know hopefully uh, we can go in there and we can, every every match that we've had in Chicago, we've at least gotten points out of. You know, the first one, I think we won one and nothing on a Jewsbury had like a PK. And then the second match, I want to say we were up three to one and then Chicago scored two in like the last like 20 minutes and we drew three, three. Um, so um, I don't think they have beaten us in um, in Chicago uh, during the MLS era. So um, hopefully we can get some points here. I mean, I'm confident that our even without Nagby and Adi. Mm-hmm. Our attack is good enough to be better than their defense. Um, I think McInerney's a different player than Adi, but he's definitely capable of slipping in around. Uh, I think without we still have Larry. I mean, let's say you still have Larry. Yeah. I mean, no, nobody's talking about. But I mean, we have one guy that you know can control that kind of. And I mean, I still think there's nobody that you know if he's on, you know, he's gonna win us. He's gonna win us the match. You still have sure. Chara as well. I mean, we still have a lot of good players on this team. And, yeah, you know, Valeria's not going to have the freedom that he does when Nagby plays in the central with him. But he's still a very good player. And he can still kind of pull the strings if we need him to. Um, I think a lot of it's going to come down to the wings. Um, does Milano have one of his better performances? Yeah, who knows? I don't think anybody's going to be able to call that. But, I mean, if Espria comes in and has another good performance, I don't see another reason why, you know, we still can't you know, pull, a, you know, a one, maybe two goal victory out of this. Mm-hmm. Two always, goals. Per- always the optimist, Kyle. I, I think two it. goals is a, is a bit delusional, but I don't see a reason why we couldn't pull off a one nil type of result. One, one goal margin, if you will. I would be really excited to show up and, Mil- and Milano not start. <laughs> I, I don't think we have the depth, though. <laughs> we don't. I know. I know. Instead of them, I know we don't have the depth. Yeah. But um, I would, I would be really excited. And I'm and saying this. He's probably going to. Go he's probably going to get. Uh, he's probably going to score two goals or something. Right. So yeah. hopefully, I'm doing this on purpose. Hopefully, trying to. Hopefully, he's listening. And uh, I'm, I'm sure you know, he, he does could, listen to the field report. <laughs> and uh, you know, he's he's turning red with rage right now, and he's going to go out there and he's going to try to prove me wrong but um you know hopefully hopefully you can show something because he hasn't shown it yet so uh one do predictions i think you just made yours didn't you i said a one goal march or difference and i said scoreline so you want me to go 
Okay, Ryan's I'll just got go. two, one. two two one us. I'll go um I'll go Espria and Valeri. All right. All and right. Borcher own goal cuz he's done like how many times is he how many own goals does he have this year? He's got one and Taylor's got the other. All right, well Borcher's own goal is Lair goal cuz I don't think they they even with Gleason going, I don't think that they score on him. So Borcher's own goal and Espria and Valeri. Fair. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say 1-0 with the Diego Valeri goal. All right. I will also say 1-0. I'm going to say Gilberto gets the goal. Oh, so you're going to say we lose one. What? Drew. Tut, Did tut. you change? That's not what you said a couple days ago. Is that what you said a couple days ago? <laughs> he's, I think you said a draw the last time, Drew. <laughs> what do you do? I think you already changed. Sorry, guys. I'm just Somebody's got to be a pragmatist here. Oh, man. No, you don't. What? Uh, all right. Uh... Anything else we haven't covered? Nothing I want to bring up? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, Ryan, is there anything you want to plug? The Heartland uh, Facebook page? Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. We've always um, we've got the Kansas City match. You know, Obviously, this match coming up this weekend in Chicago. We've got a Kansas City match um, coming up at the end of July. So like, as soon as this weekend gets over, you know, it's kind of time to start focusing on that. Uh, we always have a great time. They've got great barbecue in uh, KC. And oh, they've yeah. got the cauldron there and, um, you know, kind of like we do with the fire, you know, they've, we've got a really good record with them. We usually, it's kind of a weird match. I think it's like Sunday at like 11 o'clock on Fox. Oof. That sounds right. It's uh, late for us East coachers. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You might, you might actually have to like get up. What is that? Yeah. I mean, well, Wait, no, is, so is it noon a.m. Period. or p.m.? Oh. No, a.m. Yes. Yeah, it's a.m. Oh. Is it a.m. for us? That's perfect for us. Yeah, that's, that's like awesome. noon. That's what noon for you guys. That's yeah. brilliant. I thought you were saying 11 p.m. No, no, no. So it's kind of a weird match. Um, so yeah, because I mean, and I think it's the first time that it's one of the first games on Fox. Yeah. Um, for uh, for MLS. So. Oh, it's like Big Boy Fox. Oh yeah, Big Boy Fox. Not like wow. FS1 on Fox. Wow. Um, cause, uh, yeah, I think NASCAR runs after that. So. Um, that was a joke. Can't wait for it. Can't, yeah, can't wait to be preempted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, um, what was I saying? Uh, so, yeah. So, um, if uh, definitely check us out on the – it's Timbers Army Heartland Regiment. We've got some really cool people involved with it. We're um, going to start doing – we're going to do a T-shirt run here fairly shortly. Um, and then uh, we're, we've always got stuff going on. So, uh, you know, give us a like and uh, kind of stay, um, stay up on what we're doing. Awesome. Uh, you can also follow the uh, the field report at TA Field Report, and you can follow Drew at his new Twitter handle, the Slam Poetry Master. <laughs> did you have that set up, or did you just come up with it? I just came up with that, but uh, <laughs> okay. Drew, we changed your Twitter handle, so I don't look like a fool. Uh, it's Drew J Olson. I like mine better. Yeah, I'll, I'll look into that. Oh, I, it's got to be still taken by now, right? I you, mean, th- you think so? There's so many so? poetry slam artists named Drew. <laughs> I'm not on Twitter as well. <laughs> That's okay. That's why. All right, good. I, this is the first time I've ever used Skype as well. Oh, but you See? go. Yeah, yeah. My my like Bro. my son. I was talking to somebody. And your you know, podcast debut, right? Yeah, yeah. This no, is a well, night of first. I feel like a, I feel like a uh, like a pro now because I've. I kind of yeah, done, done it like it one and a half right? times, you uh. know? but uh, but no, I've um, I'm a pretty lame guy. I really don't do anything much tonight anyway. So I was well, happy you're on this podcast, so you're not lame. Yeah, exactly. awesome. Well, I, I definitely 
uh, you know, feel a little uh, a little cooler by doing this. So I appreciate it. Thanks, guys, for having me on. Thanks for sucking Thank up you. the hosts. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> All right. We done here? I think we're done, lads. All right. All right. Let's, let's go get three points. We'll talk right, to you. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully. Woo! You can hear it all.